Hey fellow fraud fighters, I'm Jimmy Fong, CCO at Seon, and welcome to the Cat and Mouse podcast. Seon is fortunate to work with businesses such as the likes of Revolut, Nubank, and Patreon in the fight against fraud. But with this podcast, we want to provide a comfortable space for people to talk about the daily challenges, topics on the horizon, and ultimately give us all a better insight into the mindset of fraudsters. And with that, on with the show. So I want to uh, have a really big welcome to Lloyd Temple, who's joining us over from just outside DC um, and uh, East Coast there. Uh, Lloyd, a big welcome uh, to the Say On Cat and Mouse podcast. Thanks for coming on. Well, thanks so much for having me. I'm, uh, I'm excited to talk with you today. Fantastic. Now, Lloyd, um, you, your current role is financial crimes investigator over at uh, TikTok. Um, and previous to that, I think it was really interesting in our pre-chat uh, with yourself. And we had learned about a very storied history over at the Homeland Security Investigations. And so because of that, I think that's given you an unbelievable kind of background experience into kind of fraud for the US, but I'm sure in wider geographies. Um, so absolutely delighted to have you on to kind of jump into uh, some of those lessons learned as a fraud fighter. Sure, love to. Um, thank you for the kind introduction. I'm not sure. Hope to live up to that. But yeah, I uh, retired about two years ago from uh, working for Homeland Security Investigations. I worked there in various iterations for about 28 years, and it was a it was a great career. I was uh, very fortunate to have it. I, um, you know, life with uh, with HSI as we call it was. Uh, is diverse, busy, interesting, and and collaborative. I, I would definitely frame it in, in that fashion. You know, I was very fortunate to either investigate firsthand or supervise pretty much nearly every type of investigation we conduct, ranging from wide range of financial crimes, money laundering schemes, narcotics smuggling, IPR theft, uh, bulk cash smuggling, government benefit fraud, uh, dark web crimes, uh, customs and trade fraud. Human smuggling and trafficking, and, and a few more. I was also really fortunate that I, I my career took me all over the United States. So I traveled all over the country, northern border, southern border, big cities, small cities, all around. I, I was able to work on the East Coast, worked on the West Coast, which was really super fascinating and, and very illuminating. I also got some a chance to uh, to hit the Middle East, Europe, Central and South America. You know, our, our our mission, our investigative mission, is closely tied to the borders and the and the criminal criminal organizations that seek to to exploit them. Uh, and it was a very very interesting and and rewarding career. I um, you know the one great thing about sort of what I'm doing now is is wh- you know what I did for a long time was very mission oriented, very predicated upon working with some outstanding. People, you know, it's about the team that you surround yourself with, and the team you contribute towards. In my opinion, in law enforcement, I think that's a global sense. You, that's what we believe. So, you know, to to advance any large scale investigation, it it you need to really be somebody who who wants to collaborate with a wide and diverse uh, uh, set of teammates, and you need to. I work closely with every pretty much every federal law enforcement agency you you can imagine. Super. And fortunate for that, local and state police and international law enforcement as well. Amazing, amazing storied history there. And I know even in the pre-chat, there was a, a few sub points that even hinted at around um, 
kind of what you learned around, uh, you kind of mentioned it around money laundering or cash moving around the country. Yeah. Curious if there's kind of, kind of any anecdotal stories from those hard fought uh, day, days there. Sure. It's, it's, it's hard to kind of uh, zone in on one, one story. It's like asking me to pick out my favorite child. So I'm not going to quite pick out one story. Uh, maybe I'll give you a, a few that are kind of fraud centric that I think sort of help uh, influence my worldview and, and how, uh, and it also kind of dovetails nicely with what I'm doing uh, presently within TikTok. I was a, used to be a group supervisor in our Seattle office. and I ran an investigative task force there and that was comprised of uh, local law enforcement from Seattle Police Department, Washington State Patrol. We also had n- numerous um, federal and, and Port, of Seattle, Port of Seattle Police Department as well. I don't want to forget anybody. And also uh, a wide range of, of other federal law enforcement, obviously my agency. And we also had Customs and Border Protection, the Postal Inspection Service, U.S. Secret Service. And then we, we partnered pretty closely with many other agencies, including the IRS, DEA, FBI, you name it. And we also had a secret service as one of our partners as well. Um, so I think one thing that instant to the fraud world that you can certainly empathize with is I, uh, it was, it was a very sad case, but, uh, it definitely gave, it was a pretty alerting to see what's going on in the world. And I, uh, I worked a romance trunk fraud scheme whereby, um, you know, we got a complaint from uh, somebody who's a little bit up in the age, new to the dating world. Um, after, you know, a long period away from dating and they got roped into a, a trunk fraud scheme where they were dating somebody considerably younger than them uh, online. I can't remember the name of the dating website. And, uh, it just unfolded from there in, in a very rapid and, and, and tragic fashion. And whereby, you know, the person who was, who coerced this person into the fraud was saying, my father used to be in the oil industry. Uh, he has a trunk full of cash that's been seized by authorities in another country. Can you please help me get it released? Uh, fraudulent email headers used to to mimic the, uh, the the customs agency of another foreign country, and ask for wires right away to help release this trunk fraud matter. And you know, and, and then there's an initial request for money, then a follow up request for money, fraudulent documents, you know flowing, uh, unfortunately, quite rapidly. And, you know, so, I, you know, we investigated rapidly and I, uh, I, was, I was concerned because the victim we were talking to was not believing that was a fraud. You know, they thought something was suspicious, but, you know, so like, well, we, we need to hop on this right away. So like, within a day, you know, there was a uh, international bank certificate of, of deposit it was bogus. Prove that right away. Took it right to the bank uh, branch. Uh, there was a bogus you know, West Virginia birth certificate. Prove that right away. Luckily, you know, it was a good collaboration in there and and and, and sort of contacting those other agencies. And he still um, ha- had difficulty sort of comprehending that, that this person that he loved couldn't be real. And um, you know, there, there's so I I do have empathy for for the victims uh, of these schemes, because I do think the social engineering and the con and the deceit that these organizations are very good at, they're very good at manipulating people, especially a lot of older people too, who are not as adroit with the technology and the, uh, and then, and the websites. And they, uh, I think they're, so it's, it's, it's something that was definitely, you know, gave me a, a, a sense of this needs to be protected and investigated. 
Um, unfortunately, the you know the, once those once as you well know, once those funds are gone, they're gone mm-hmm. because they move quickly to many different countries. And but you know it's something that. But many other cases, I certainly enjoyed. Uh, I think you would enjoy this. Uh, we had a financial fraud case with uh, the Internal Revenue Service in Seattle, um, and it's always good to take down those who are kind of living high on the hog. And 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 the subject that we arrested at the time was living in a, a penthouse apartment, costing him about twenty five thousand dollars a month. He had a Ferrari, he had a Mercedes, he had another very high end automobile, and his scheme his scam was pretty, uh, you know, pretty devious. He he purchased large uh, supplies of iPhones um, on four different credit cards. He received the iPhones. Then he resold those iPhones for profit, of course. But his scam was that he he called the um, credit card company and said, "Hey, and Apple," and said, um, "I received the these iPhones, but inside each one of the boxes was a ceramic tile that was approximately the size of of the iPhone." So I, you know, somebody ripped me off in this, and he did it. You know, that's one time, right? Unfortunately. Uh, you know, the company credit card company reversed the charges. So Apple is responsible for large uh, chunk of money. And then he did the same thing again. He tried to scam uh, another large scale shipping company. Well, instead of using glass tiles, he shipped phones in um, Puma stone. And he said, you know, like bricks. And he used that as a scam too. And, 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 you know, the fortunate thing was investigators were able to to trace his spending to a local hardware store, and uh, we 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 used some in, some sort of creative uh, surveillance techniques to to scope out some of his activity as well, and and uh, so he got arrested and he got sentenced and restitution was 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 made. So you know, it's it's just it's pretty amazing, unfortunately. Yeah, that creativity, Lloyd, uh, that some folk uh, go to there. So, so was there collusion with the retailer as well? Because he had to like sub in uh, somehow these uh, iPhone uh, approximate weighted kind of substitutes into the box or, or, or so? Correct. We, we never uh, got a sense that there was any collusion or in, any inside man uh, help, helping out the job. It was uh, certainly... You know, and 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 the interesting thing was the the actor who was doing these kind of criminal deeds was a very smart guy, right? Totally able to make a decent salary, <laughs> right? But, you know, I guess making money and not paying taxes on it, and uh, you know, fraud on top of fraud is is appealing to some. It's it's unfortunate because uh, you know a bank got victimized in this too because he had a he had a bunch of bogus uh, credit lines that he obtained from a bank, and then that was very harmful to that bank, and it's. So the insidious nature of these kinds of, of crimes are it's it's very serious and something we all need to be to be wary of. I mean, the scope of fraud in the United States and worldwide is the numbers are kind of staggering and it keeps getting worse year over year, it seems. Um, particularly, I think, over the last bit with everybody at home, everybody online in the last three odd years. But, you know, like in the United States, for instance, it's estimated that over 50% of social security numbers are compromised. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's, that's, an, that's an estimate. But, uh, and, and is it more? I don't know. The dark web, look how prolific that is and how easily you can purchase breeder documents, false passports, credit card numbers in bulk, logons, you name it. Uh, yeah, in fact, I read in one of your, your Seon reports that 
credit card fraud will be $38.5 billion by the year 2027. That's a huge number. Secret Service, uh, you know, here in the United States, from the from the uh, the Paycheck Protection Program, the uh, for all the COVID unemployment related matters. Yeah, they think that fraud's worth more than a hundred billion dollars. Business email compromises in a three year period, according to the FBI, from two thousand. This is just from two thousand sixteen to two thousand nineteen. So, you know, that's only a three year snapshot. Twenty over twenty six billion dollars of business email compromise. And I think that's over 170 odd countries. So the fraudsters are busy and it takes, uh, it takes a concerted and coordinated and consistent effort to, to, to attack those, those folks. Even uh, Lloyd, uh, those two kind of anecdotal stories, they, they kind of get in my mind um, a couple of things going is, um, one is the psychology of it, um, the psychology of you know, what that fraudster is doing and how they uh, mm-hmm. purposely exploit um, vulnerable um, a situations where, quite frankly, it plays to that human psychology of where it, it, it does make sense. And even on that one where you mentioned around um, uh, the the trunk kind of fraud, it's a variation of you know some old school classic kind of you know, frauds. Uh, but but it's the same principle how how it's kind of hooked in and it's based on emotion and etc. That's a, yeah. So definitely, what it triggers is definitely the psychology behind it. And then you said the second thing. Um, around uh, ingenuity and um, uh, quite frankly, really creative like means, right? Like these are absolutely smart, uh, smart, intelligent human beings where in, a, in another parallel like uh, story, they would have been your colleague, but instead uh, by whatever set of circumstances, it just so happens that this is what they're looking to kind of exploit and kind of uh, make their life with uh, for, for the short term at least. I thought it was very educational and very interesting. I, I listened to one of your podcasts yesterday uh, while, while doing some yard work. And uh, it was very, uh, your interview with um, one of the fraudsters, Subject A, I think is Anonymous A. And listening to him talk, or I, I assume him or her, whatever it was, uh, talk. And it was how technically adept he was how well he knew the technology that was being used. I mean, clearly somebody who has experience within either the financial industry or somebody who clearly has experience in, in, in the computer uh, industry. This is not somebody who just, you know, randomly started doing this. This is somebody who's educated within the industry. So it's, these, these folks are, uh, they're motivated by profit and it's uh, supersized and, and, and enabled by um, by the internet these days, you know, they, you can do problem. They can attack things at scale now, which is very uh, disconcerting. Yeah, the the worrying thing for me, Lloyd, is um th- that is absolutely um kind of my takeaway as well is just how adept uh, a lot of and how professional. I always use analogy of um uh, just like we are a tech startup. Um, on their side, they look at this like a like a. Uh, complete business, right? In terms of all the professionalization, uh, the the work ethic, the creativity, the planning, the preparation that makes a good tech startup absolutely exists on the other side as well as an adversary attacking kind of a you know a legit organization. Um, but the thing that scares me is more a trend towards uh, the dumbing down of these crime as a service uh, uh, kind of technologies 
where before you might need to know a bit of coding, uh, you know, how to how to be effective with JavaScript or SQL. But actually, a lot of that's dying away. And it's as long as just, just like you can kind of build a website in, a, you know, 30 minutes with amazing platforms now available on the clear web. Um, the same thing's happening on the fraud end, which is really, that's the really worrying trend is now you can be smart, but with no IT background and can leverage these kind of tools as well, because someone's building a no code version of many of these kind of tools and exploits available as well. Um, I wanted to bring it back to your conversation around um, uh, the impact of um, uh, organized crime in all of this. I, th I think um, I'd, be, I'd love to hear kind of what were some takeaways from you know your experience and kind of how that maybe on the on the on the fraud end kind of supersized everything from that side um yeah i think in general i i think one trend i saw at, towards the end of my career is the poly criminality of a lot of large-scale criminal organizations they're not just doing one 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 crime they're doing multiple crimes so you know like for instance i, you know, I remember investigating a um, or being involved in an investigation of a pretty pretty widespread ATM skimming operation of um, some folks. I mean, they were all over the country doing it all over the United States, but they weren't just involved in that. You know, there were implications. They're involved in human smuggling, human trafficking, large scale asylum fraud, you know, fraudulent applications to procure immigration benefits, uh, government benefit fraud, you know, sort of trying to get um, welfare fraud as well. So it's not just one thing. It's it's multiple. They, I think these organizations will go after whatever is as low sort of perceived as, as low hanging fruit. And, um, you know, the sentencing guidelines for these crimes, unfortunately, are not quite as, as uh, robust as other crimes that are, that are, you see, you know, and for, obviously there's a difference between white collar fraud like this and a crime of violence, but I, um, you know the the scale and the scope of this these activities. I think definitely call for hopefully uh, large sentences when they're caught. But it's um, they are recidivist by nature. If they're going to do it once, they'll do it twice. It's you know most of the folks that I've seen in within our world, we, they have been down the the path of criminality before. That makes uh, makes total sense there. Um, uh, I think a couple of yeah kind of points uh, I completely agree with. Um, and and from the lessons learned there, I know we talked in the pre-chat as well, Lloyd, around um, if you like, in terms of fraud and online fraud, is are any pointers our audience, as you know, are kind of our fraud fighters out in the field there and trying to help protect against online fraud. Curious to kind of any kind of takeaway tips, uh, like flags to look out for uh, that that uh, you kind of uh, kind of see a recurring patterns, if you like. You know, I, I think some of the more important things that I I would want to convey is, is it, I think it's vital for people to BYOB, be your own bank, take advantage <laughs> of all the technology out there. You know, I, I sometimes it can feel a little bit overwhelming, all these services provided by banks and credit cards companies, but you know, they be your own KYC and your own transaction monitoring. Look at your bank balance and the transactions on a weekly basis. You know, it's all at, at your fingertips. Uh, you need to take advantage of all the transaction alerts and technology that banks offer, whether it's, you know, hey, an online purchase was made on this date, this time. It's, it's provided you instantaneously. Take advantage of all of, the, of that technology that's out there. I think enrollment in a credit 
uh, monitoring service, particularly here in the in the states. I'm sure many other places. I think is very helpful. You should take advantage of those transactional alerts offered by that because of the scope and scale of identity theft is so large. I think it's very important to do that. I think you know, one crucial thing as well. There's a few other points I would say. Slow down. I think I, you know it's it's a the speed of information is moving quicker than ever. And it's not a race. If you don't recognize that name or number on your texts or your emails, don't click the links. You know, There's no need for a rapid response if you don't know who is on the other end. You know, Be on the lookout for your older relatives and your neighbors. Like, make sure they're, they're aiming to, to be cyber smart and practice very healthy cyber habits. And I think you know you need you need to protect yourself. Update all, use all the security updates on your phone, your computer regularly. Um, you don't want to be victimized through that. Be aware of the social engineering tactics. Again, like we, we, we've discussed throughout the call, um, verify when you as best you can. Look, you know, go back to the business website. If it's if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's also about. We in TikTok, we also want to partner with the, the best people we can to educate the consumer. You know, I think uh, you are your best protection against fraud. You, the person in the mirror, our employees are our best protection against fraud. Yeah, and I, I think it's important that we partner with you know smart people who are in the fraud landscape. We we've been really fortunate to to partner with you know, like the fraudology, Frank on fraud, Brett Johnson, the internet. Uh, Godfather on fraud and many others in your your company. I'm probably missing one or two, but I think those partners and the internet, ITRC, I, identity theft resource center has been a very great advocate for us and trying to so trying to evangelize what what's happening out there and to make sure people are aware of the scams that are perpetrated through throughout or could be potentially perpetrated. So it's good to educate the consumers. There's a lot of information out there, Jimmy. It's just a matter of take advantage of it, use it the right way. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I love that. The be your own bank uh, as a as a uh, yeah, an awesome takeaway as an individual as well. Um, and so, so you, you you know that brings us on to um, you know your adventure with TikTok uh, and helping to support uh, around fraud and cybersecurity awareness and education. So, so for for yourself, Lloyd, especially with that deep experience and such varied, uh, like on the field to operative, to research, to kind of seeing big impact uh, as you did. Um, curious to kind of, yeah, what, what made you lead up to the TikTok adventure effort for you personally? Great question. So I, I, when I was looking uh, for sort of the next chapter or the next challenge, you know, I certainly was interested in joining a company where, where the mission was very important. And it's clear to me that that you know, TikTok as a as a company is seeking to build trust through through transparency. I see that people that I interview with throughout the interview process, they are all very sharp, industry experts, very committed, very hardworking, um, very uh, believing in that collaborative process. So those are all really things that I was looking for in my next chapter. Uh, you know, we want to ensure that people, there's a safe environment for people of all ages. Um, our community guidelines are constantly updated to make sure we, we, we try our best to stay ahead of, of problems that are out there. 
it's an exciting place to work. There's a lot of work ahead of us. And you know, we have over a billion users right now, right? So it's it's gonna grow and uh, and just the the challenge of working something that's 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 growing is uh, I found very enticing and and the corporate culture I found to be very appealing as well. That's awesome. Um, and you touched upon education being so critical to that as well. Uh, do you want to tie it into, so you've got an in-app campaign uh, that TikTok's helping to kind of get the word out on for, uh, for its amazing user base? Yes, uh, there's a hashtag, hashtag be cyber smart. And I follow that. You'll see some very good content out there on, on the videos uh, relative to that. Um, you know, even our CSO, for instance, does like a, a fishing video about sort of explaining what, what fishing techniques are. And, uh, you know, it, it's also the other thing that I've always found appealing is, is that, you know, TikTok's kind of, we, 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 we like to say we want to protect the, la- the last sunny corner of the internet. You know, we want it to keep it fun. We want to keep it collaborative. And uh, so I've, we want, we have a lots of resources on our website about how to protect yourself safety measures, um, reminders for parents on how to, to protect their kids, um, how to you know, link up your accounts and make sure all sorts of education materials are out there. And it's something that's not a one-time effort. It's a continual effort. We want to make sure we, we help people. We, we've, we have a cyber uh, security awareness week. We, 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 we participate in that. We, we uh, recently participated in Valentine's Day to make people aware of, of romance scams with some really creative content from all sorts of partners and, and creators. So, yeah, I think we're going to be forward leaning. I know we're going to be forward leaning on this for, for, for a long time. That's awesome. Um, so, as you know, Lloyd, uh, we, we uh, are called the Seon Cat and Mouse podcast. Um, and we're always curious with our guests uh, in the in the kind of uh, constant uh, fight from professional fraud fighter uh, against the professional fraudster. Who, who do you think is the cat uh, and the mouse in that scenario? I like to envision the fraud fighter as a cat, but not just your domesticated sort of happy, fat and happy cat. I kind of like to think of a fraud fighter as an, like, an, like an alley cat, tough, street smart, hungry and eager. So that, that's, that's kind of the way I envision the, the, the fraud fighter model of, of cat. And it's a, it's a constant battle, but uh, I think that's, a, that's the way I like to leave it. I uh, love that, Lloyd. Um, well, TikTok sound like they are super uh, ha- uh, lucky to have you uh, helping them on, the, on raising that awareness and helping to fight fraud uh, uh, on that side. Uh, Lloyd, I want to thank you for your generosity uh, of time. Uh, it's been great having you on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for your time, Jimmy. Great to meet you. And and hopefully we'll do it again in person sometime.